I did. Yeah, but you took my constitution, and that's funny. <laughs> In many ways. <laughs> when the politicians keep politicking Before you turn to excessive drinking Spend some time collectively politinkering With the show where I don't know, man Cause the truth is I don't know, man I just, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Because the truth is, I don't know, man. Hello, all you crazy cats and kittens out there in pod personal land. Welcome back to Politinkering. I am your host, Sean Faw. Joining me as always is Joseph Bonnier. Hello, everyone. And Sean O'Brien. Hi, guys. Sean needs different claps, apparently. How is everyone? I was listening for the please clap, and I didn't hear it. Oh, yeah, that button's labeled wrong. Oh. That's kind of how I feel right now. That button seems to work. Please clap. There you go. Oh. Hey, boys. Hey. Sean, you're driving. Trying. This pleases me. <clears throat> uh, we'll see how that works out. Okay. <laughs> uh, before I do so, though, uh, Mr. Bonnier had a netadendum, netadendum, netadendum. Oh, yeah, quickly. So last week I talked about the American presence in the Philippines, and I mentioned, you know, hyperbole, hyperbolically, as I, you know, do. Is I'm to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I said there was like 40,000, or maybe I said 30,000 troops in the Philippines, which is inaccurate. I think right now there's 7,000 or 8,000. So, okay, I exaggerated. That's the correction you wanted to make. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Why is that ridiculous? I don't know. If Trump you know got, why Trump, it's ridiculous. If Trump got in trouble for you know 300 jobs, 1,100 versus 800 or 700, I, sure. I'm going to get in trouble for 30,000 ah, versus 7,000. Ah, a little carrier dig there. If we were a news outlet, yeah, but I don't <laughs> think we classify as news. I just like oh, to make sure. That's an interesting I, question. That's a whole new. That's a whole other show. <laughs> Go ahead. You want to explain? I, you know well, what? I, I listen. That. I listen I back that. to our I'm show. I'm going to okay? bust your balls about it, but I, I, I respect. That. I listen back to the show frequently, and not every episode, but most episodes. And I. What's your tr- favorite episode? It's like always the most recent episode. That <laughs> 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 sounds so arrogant, uh, douchey. That's uh, your favorite one. Not, I would have. I would have no, imagined the Civil War. The Civil War was the, great. Okay, Cold War, War was the, fun. The Cold War, yeah. I mean, I love all the history ones. I got to say, but no, that's not true. I love. I love really all of them. I really okay. do. Even the awkward ones because they're funny to me, mm-hmm. and I just remember our awkward conversations and laugh <laughs> and get member Barry about it. <laughs> Is there anything you shouldn't be allowed to say? Uh, I should be a little bit better. I make notes about like how I should improve. This is very meta. How I should improve my performance on the podcast. Mm. Right on. That you, was more you, of a rhetorical question of yeah. trying to transition into <laughs> yeah. the topic of the, the day. What's with you in the sausage all of a sudden? Because I was trying. <laughs> we were with you. That, no, that's more of me busting Joey's chops. Got that's, it. Uh, Fair know. enough. I'm with you. I, uh, you know what, man? I give you liberty. <laughs> I give you liberty to say as you wish, or my give friend. Me death. Um. So today. We are going to be busting out into constitutional territory, gentlemen. Uh, more specifically, the First Amendment. And um, really, I, I guess it just kind of all revolves around how important is the First Amendment? Um, is it necessary? Is it something that we could actually do without? Um, so before I get into the, the ramblings here, let's go back to the, the ramblings of our forefathers. Well, hold on. Those are your, que- that's your question. How, how, okay. Sorry. 
I'm going to set the stage. Okay. Uh-oh. All the world's a Uh-oh. stage. I'll set it wherever I like. He even used the play <laughs> reference to yeah, dig he Shakespeare at me. <laughs> That's deep. Any, any, any guess on the, the name of that play? That uh, Hampton? Nope. Mm. All the world's a stage. And the men and women merely players in it. They have their entrances and their exits, and each man in his part play or in his time Jesus plays Christ, many parts. Just guess something. How we keep going? I'm gonna say Othello. No, I always guess Othello. It's called. It's a, as you like it. I don't even know that one. Is it a comedy? Yes. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free execution thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or of the people to peaceably assemble. Or the, people, or the right, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for redress of grievances. So, gentlemen, uh, there's a lot in there, and uh, most notably today, one of the things I did want to touch in is uh, freedom of the press. Obviously, the First Amendment encompasses a lot. We have freedom of the press, freedom of uh, speech, freedom of religion, freedom of association, freedom of petition, all fairly important things, but all things that do need to be defended uh, every few years, apparently, um, to varying degrees. Um, this time around, we seem to be in a position to to defend the freedom of press uh, portion of the First Amendment more than uh, other years. Um, this is not something new. This is something rather perpetual. But it is something that we do need to talk about, given the the fact, or I shouldn't say the fact, but the uh, the concept that has been uh, the nightmare. Uh, well, that that's a different. Uh, the nightmare I assume you're talking about is Donald Trump. The the fact or the concept that has been purported as of late is the concept of fake news. Um, that is definitely something that is a a top of mind topic for uh, our discussions today. Um, also, just free speech in general. What is free speech? Is action free speech? Is free speech a a representation or a uh, an embodiment of freedom in general, or is free speech separate from physical freedom can you have a free country without freedom of speech or freedom of expression or freedom of opinion as thomas jefferson liked to call it um so as we kind of move into these things uh we have a lot of um uh we'll say protests going on a lot of opposition a lot of petitioning of the government as of late so just just digging in in general uh first off is is the First Amendment vital? Is it a requirement? Could we have a free state without it? Could you have a free state without the First Amendment? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Uh, now, the the <clears throat> the principles in the First Amendment can still be applied throughout, but I mean, it, you know, you can you can group it in a separate yeah, way. Hamiltonian son of a bitch. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> at its core, what I'm trying to say is like, what what yeah. is what is the principle of the First Amendment and the mm-hmm. fact that they're all grouped together? I mean, what what is it? How would you define what the First Amendment kind of upholds more than anything else? What that, is the through line? By the way, for yeah, all I just them? want to mention that's really interesting to me. I didn't notice how much is grouped together in yeah. the First mm-hmm. Amendment. I actually, I mean, I guess I guess I always did, but like to see it in this small two sentence thing, yeah, it's like honestly the most important part of our entire society in one paragraph. Arguably, yeah. Apparently, I mean, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, Jefferson defined it as freedom of opinion. Freedom I mean, of you opinion. Have, you have the press. You okay. have protesting. You have petitioning the government for grievances. You have actual freedom of personal speech. You have freedom from religion, from separation of church and state. <laughs> That's interesting that freedom you from say freedom religion. from religion. Well, of course, I, I am, yes. I, yes, I personal think you know bias my, be damned. It's very appropriate coming from you, it's sir. It's all interpretations of our own constitution, isn't it? it? So oh, indeed. My, it, freedom of and freedom from, certainly. That so, is, so I then, don't— I, there's a reason why they don't. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm not going to get into. No, it. it's fine. It's certainly part of this conversation. Well, it's. I mean, there's a, a clear. I like that it's the first sentence of this First Amendment. It's the separation of church and state to me. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And that goes back to kind of what we were talking about last week. I mean, that we can't make laws saying you can't wear a face veil here. I think that's important. And maybe it is what separates us from a country like Germany or a European country right now. I don't know. Do you guys agree? That's that's important. I, I agree me, with I what the fact that that the, the fact freedom that of religion freedom separates of re us from other Western countries. Yeah, that that I, it well. seems like that's not in their constitution. Are you sure? Well, it is, but it isn't. I mean, there are theoc theocratic parties that can take power in European parliamentary democracies. Sure. I mean, England still has the Church of England. It's not necessarily. We don't have Christian parties. Well. Okay, we have the Republican well, Party. We don't have parties named the Christian Party Correct, or whatever. Right. I mean, that is a— uh, I don't know. I think there is something special about the separation of church and state here. Even though it's not, clearly there's so much influence, and we're getting close to almost theocracy in some ways. But it, it's special here. I do think that, and American exceptionalism does somewhat apply here. But was Hamilton right? Did we not need to enumerate that? Was that stuff inherent, and are we actually causing detriment and danger well, by I, enumerating those Even things? if it is inherent, I think it's good to write it down and codify it, just to simply say this is what we're planting our flag in the Enlightenment-style uh, principles. I mean, as far as I understand it, the big problem that Hamilton had with it was essentially that by stating these specific things, that anything that's not stated here would yeah. be Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, who could have foreseen all the crazy shit that would have happened in modern day and, you know, not being able to comment on an assault rifle obviously is one there for the Second Amendment. You know what I'm saying? Just mm. all these modern instances of things that are not enumerated become a problem. Um, and maybe that needs to be addressed, honestly. Um, I don't know how, but— What else does need to be enumerated that's not in that First Amendment? Well, it seems like what, what they what, said was just everything goes to the states that's not here. Well, that That's like the Tenth Amendment, essentially. Yeah, so though. that— I think, I mean, that just kind of leaves a lot to the states. And maybe I, I'm very anti— What what else is that important, though, that falls under that umbrella of that, that Jeffersonian idea of freedom of uh, thought or freedom of opinion or freedom of expression? What else—what's missing from that First Amendment that, you know, would worry Hamilton? I don't know, actually. Do you know, Obi? What else could you add to the First Amendment that yeah, what that we require a, a freedom of opinion? I mean, yeah, that to would, be protected of. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we that is you know kind of the the or was at least the big case against putting the art uh, the the um, the Bill of Rights essentially into the Constitution was that it would you know leave too much off the table. So, is there do we see any big glaring holes there? In the, specifically the First Amendment or first, overall yeah, the Bill of no, Rights? the First Amendment. I mean, I got some amendments I want to add. Yeah, yeah obviously <laughs> there's there's things that, you know, take effect. And it, 
It, it largely depends on your perspective. If you want Obviously. to say that you're – well, no, it's not obvious. I mean because at the moment you could simply say that – so oh, god damn it. How do I express this best? Because um, the First Amendment is such a broad conversation. If we want to talk about the freedom of speech or the freedom of, of you know religion or the right. press, those are kind of more specific. But if we're going to broaden it to freedom of opinion, then that ultimately comes down to kind of speech in and of itself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That is the, the – um, that is the, the, the most broad of them. Um, all of it, God damn it, without getting too philosophical, because it's 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 all sort of rooted in John Stuart Mill, um, and his basic principles of of how to define free speech and what free speech is, and it's not so much just speech, but it's in many ways speech acts, which goes on to that's a whole other philosophy question. But um, so the the many would argue that the First Amendment is actually too broad, and that it doesn't it doesn't well define what the freedom of speech is. You know what I mean? Because most people think that just the freedom of speech is just the freedom of speech, period. You can say whatever you want anytime you want. Um, and that's a fair interpretation of it. But but What's left off? Well, you could specify the fact that it's actually freedom of speech against the government. Um, so it, the, the right of the citizens. That is specified in and of the fact that it's part of the Constitution. Well, isn't that, no, no, what I'm saying. Hang but, on. Let me see. Let me see the thing. Isn't that also the job of the Supreme Court? Though? No, 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 no. Here's my, my To okay. interpret the Constitution? I mean, it wasn't the for, until the 14th Amendment. For prohibiting the free exercise. Congress shall make no law respecting uh, respecting dot, 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 uh, or prohibiting the free exercise. There, uh, sorry. Or ab- abridging the freedom of speech. Okay, or so Congress shall make no law, no law abridging the freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. That's a very broad umbrella. You could specify because at the moment we can still say anything to each other with that involved, right? Yeah. But that leaves out something very important because there is a distinction between the freedom of the people to speak against the government and the freedom of the people to speak against other people, that's, right? Well, that's libel and slander, and that's totally well, separate. How is it separate? Well, the first off, the Constitution is only enumerating what the federal government has the ability to do. Right. Once the Fourteenth Amendment comes in, then that goes and applies it to every other subsequent government as well. So before then, you know, the states still could kind of do what they wanted. They didn't necessarily have to abide by you know what was written there. But that- yeah, I'm answering your question, First Amendment. I know we can talk about the. So, oh, you mean so with the Fourteenth Amendment, like as a part of it. I'm in just this saying, conversation? Well, no, I'm just like if we're talking about the the uh, private versus public sector, that is already inherent in the fact that it's said in that first off, it's in the Constitution, and the Constitution is completely referring to the federal government. The only thing that makes it refer to anything else is that Fourteenth Amendment. I, I, my point is that some people would argue that the First Amendment, as far as the the restrictions, are far 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 too broad, right? And there might there there can be limitations and there can be restrictions on the freedom of speech. Um, there's a question to be made there. There's an argument to be said there. I think for that. the thing here is um, that it's just super short, or or more specifically, it's just, the, the it's more just f- brief. They're just not including stuff. So I. I think even Hamilton or something, I forget who said this, and I apologize. I was just reading about this this week. He said, everyone reads the Bill of Rights because they're short and sweet and easy to understand, but mm-hmm. no one reads the actual Constitution because yeah. it's like flowery right. and longer and actually more important. It was well, it's more said. bureaucratic in yeah. general. Well, it's, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But uh, I mean, that's really the foundation. People just like to go back to the Bill of Rights. So they never intended, I don't think, the Bill of Rights to be like the end-all, be-all. I, I think that, I'm, I'm sure it's, imp- I mean, and I obviously, I hold it extremely important, but I don't know if they thought that it was the most important things to think about. I, that's kind of why it's brief to me it's just like yeah obviously we got this stuff we got this stuff we got this stuff they kind of like listed it like as like a, i don't know it just seems so oh, the, strange the way they use commas and, and listing it well, so they were quickly. two completely separate documents the the bill of rights came along with the declaration sure. of independence whereas, sure but they did kind of come from the articles of confederation which were 
around the same time. But but the, I mean the, the the ideas I'm saying were we're all you know contemporary. Yeah, but the Bill of Rights was essentially tacked on to this Constitution. I sure. mean, we we wrote the Constitution and then you know we proposed adding this this sort of list of of amendments. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, I mean, that's the way it happened. But I I do. I'm just saying. I think the ideas have been in the pipes for years. It's not like, and I think another thing too is interesting. You mentioned Mill. I think there's a lot of different enlightenment philosophers here at play, I think. And that's just what Jefferson and Hamilton, all those fathers were thinking. Sure. But it's kind of an interesting combination of them all. And I like that aspect of it. Like they really did make a nice, and there's a reason why France copied them, you know, 10 years later. So it, it was extremely rare, I think, in history. And I think that's why this is so in crazy cool and, and th that this is in one paragraph that explains so much, you know, I love the peaceably assemble stuff. That's great too. I mean, I want to continue on there, but it's just, I don't know, too much in one little paragraph. They should have been more specific, I think. Well, let's, let's, as is my want, let me break down to the bedrock again. <laughs> why is the, the freedom of opinion important as far as a society? And why is it important for us to have that essentially is in our constitution, as far as the way our government, uh, uh, to define the government's relationship to the people with respect to opinion. Why is that important? <laughs> Well, it's only important in any sort of quasi-democratic society. If it's a totalitarian society, then it's not important at all. Right. Well, no, you can still argue it's important. No. Why? No. Because it's not necessary. Yeah, it's like I did right. I said important. I didn't say necessary. Opinion is they want people to be maybe the, the average person to be powerful and passionate, but they don't care about their opinion. Forget about the totalitarian. Just fine. Whatever. Okay, fine. <laughs> Why no, is it important in a democracy? Because then? it's it's our inalienable rights. It's our values. Freedom of speech is not – freedom of opinion is not an inalienable right. It's – yeah, it is. No, it's not. To me, it is. <laughs> it's not inalienable. You have to have some sort of basis well, for why it's inalienable. Sure. I guess that's a point. How I, does I, someone have the – that's, that's a misuse of the word. Um, it's just – yeah, to have a free society, I guess you need to have it. It's just that simple. Again, why? Why what? Why? Because you have to protect individual rights in a free society and being an individual means being able to express yourself. Because if we are going to call communicate this, however you like, if it's that. going to be any sort of democratic society where people are going to vote, then you are asking the people for their fucking opinion. There you go. So okay. if you can't, you know, start with a free opinion, then we can't start even to build a democratic society. Yeah, I think that the, the very nature of voting in and of itself is probably the most important. They, sure. Like I was saying, they call that a speech act, right? Your, sure. your act is is meaningless if it doesn't have any power, okay. right? If you're an actor on you, a stage, you shouting can feel fire. free to say the things that you want to say. Right? Yeah, I'm I don't know why you're being so. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm asking the question. I'm. <laughs> Um, rhetorical. It's not a question of no. I don't know the answer, man. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm asking. I'm asking you to to define why you think the freedom of opinion is important in society. I have some thoughts, but I'm asking you guys. The uh, and Sean, I think you answered pretty close to what I'd say. I think there are several versions of it. It's not just the first, but sure. the bedrock of it, or the foundation. If you want to talk about the democracy element of it, sure. Voting, voting is kind of the first speech act. Um, or the most important speech act. And without that, you know, like you said, all uh, the democracy itself goes out the window. But we've also mentioned the fact that this isn't a democracy. So how does that follow through? How does that work? Well, it's a democratically based republic. So we're okay. still asking the people for their opinion. We're still asking for them to vote. They don't necessarily have – the idea of the republic is that we don't have to be completely informed on every single fucking topic. Okay. The idea of the republic is that you know we are busy people with busy lives and that we are going to you know find people that are going to dedicate themselves to finding the right answers for things. And 
and we're going to vote on the people we trust to find the best answers for things. So we, we need an informed and opinionated public in order for that to subside or to subsist. Okay. So voting, voting is a good bedrock for it. Is there an element of free opinion, I guess, that, um, that goes beyond that in a way? I guess Certainly. I mean, economically we are, uh, uh, thriving because of that freedom. The, the ability okay. for people to create things that they can then sell and uh, change the world with is is all part of that. Uh, the idea of okay. you know, freedom of creation, freedom of spread of ideas. Well, that, that's that's more of an – okay, so the spread of ideas is the better question. So the, so the freedom of the spread of ideas is, mm-hmm. is beneficial. Bec- and your, are your ideas synonymous with your opinion? Um, I don't know about synonymous, but they are certainly linked. Okay. Uh, one stem yes. from the other. Exactly. It's not the same thing, but it is intertwined. Okay. I guess that's fair. I think that's fair. I, the the One of the elements that I think is important that I would say that we haven't mentioned yet as far as the importance of an opinion has to do with um, the, the best way to kind of um, encourage discourse and thus find truth, which essentially again is what John Stuart Mill was talking about. the the best The best pathway to truth is the the free exchange of ideas and all ideas, right? And um, if there's one guy who's silenced, he you have no better justification of silencing one man than the one man does of, of silencing the entire than all of mankind right <laughs> if the one thing if the the idea that the one man says is stupid then it'll be proven that it's stupid and the rest of mankind can you know agree that it can tell it can agree to tell him no that's not a good idea but if the one man has an idea that is a good idea then that i theoretically can win out over time that brings um, us right to the question of the day then what right. what is fake news what is fake news? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I would define fake news <laughs> in this colloquial sense, which I honestly don't think is a – it's too no, it's fucking cutesy. Yeah. These days, all these fucking cutesy terms mm-hmm. are kind of – I honestly think they're detrimental to the discourse. It's part of the PC bullshit. Yeah, we, well, you have to yeah. call it something. You're right, but I think call, I think a cutesy phrase of it is kind of tough. Right, so come up with another one. Paul. Well, yeah, and fake news is oh, also way sure. too encompass, <laughs> encompassing. So I mean, fake news. Well, the encom- problem is, yeah. yeah how about it's right. a fucking lie? How's that? How's that for one? Sure. Right. And, but there's, a, there's <laughs> lying news. There's a difference. No be- news. Go ahead. Well, no, there's a, there's a difference between it's just an oxymoron. Inaccurate news. And intentionally fake news, and then satire and propaganda, even exactly, which, which is you know, well, I, propaganda I would call intentionally fake news. No, so, it does because it doesn't have to be fake. It can that's be. It, true. You can still tell truth in a way, but Truthiness. then just right, yeah, you can, or you can kind of you know obfuscate the the kind of truth behind it in a weird way where you're just showing, but you're still telling the facts, quote unquote. Um, and then so you fake ha- news is this big umbrella then with a lot of different I, categories. Fake news, uh, unfortunately, right now has become the term for anything that is op- opposing the person speaking. So, and anything that is, um, you know, it has any sort of either untrue quality to it or opinion based to it. Do you think that's it's what become, journalists would call it? Yeah, I think it, I think fake news has become the the uh, crying racism of the news world. It's that that sort of indefensible sort of um, uh, ad hominem attack that you can throw at anything. I, I don't think that that's an unfair statement. Um, it's become that, unfortunately. Yeah. Right, right. And I think you're right. And again, so that's kind of why it obfuscates it. But do you want to talk more specifically about what we're, what we're talking about as far as what is fake news? Or do you want to talk about the problem of, the, of, of people's understanding of what this, quote, fake news is? We'll get to all of it. What do you want first? 
You're driving. No, that's why I was asking you. I didn't know where you wanted to go. I'm sorry. Just go. Because those are two different things you said. <laughs> they sorry. certainly are. Okay. <laughs> so what do you feel most passionate about now, sir? Truth. Okay. Truth, as always, my what, friend. What is the because truth, calling, then? Because calling fake news is such a problem if it is a lie. Mm-hmm. And I think that there that the media does sort of have an obligation to specifically express what is true and what is not true. And if some outlet is going to call itself the media mm-hmm. – um, which unfortunately these days is anybody, any jack jackass off the street with a fucking Twitter account mm-hmm. is the media now, right? So then, okay. Well, is that, that unfortunate? Yes, because now now we don't have a phrase for what good investigative journalism is. The, 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 the people out there, I, I'd like to call them journalists, mm-hmm. who are out seeking – truth and and out to display the facts now of course there's a problem here right we now, need to differentiate I, between right. news readers and journalists well yes. yeah but the, the biggest thing too is that we, we've talked many times about what are facts and i mean in a weird way mm. there 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 might not be any way to kind of express news in any way without a narrative right if i just give you a list of facts you might not have any idea as far as how to interpret it or what it all mm-hmm. means. And thus, why would you buy the newspaper, right? So if I just have a list of numbers on the front page of the New York Times, sure, it's investigative journalism, but you need right. someone to craft yeah. that into a story. To, no one would read it. Right. It's almost just impossible to, to, to distill it in section. some way. So that's why the, the kind of phrase becomes um, you know, reporting in good faith, right? Reporting in good faith, reporting the facts as you can. You show you, you do you show both sides of the coin. But and you mm. you give equal opportunity to mm. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow down. I'm, I, Hold the, on. I'm, I don't. Have, I don't. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm, – no, there's a difference between – I don't like that stuff. There's a difference between I, – I, I largely agree with you, but there, uh, what I okay. – to clarify what there's I mean is there's a difference between unbiased and fair and balanced. Yes, precisely. That's – I do not sure. mean fair and balanced. I, I mean – I know. I, okay, good. I mean unbiased. I just want right? to point that out. Okay, okay, good. Thank you. No, no, it's important. I think you're right. Um, anyway, so h- how to differentiate between these two different media outlets when everybody has to – you know, distill it in some capacity into a story, and how how do we as the readers tell the difference between Breitbart and the New York Times and the Washington Post and fucking Drudge Report? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I, all right, um, so the New York, the Washington Post or the Wall and the Wall Street Journal and um, Drudge Report and okay, hold what's on, the hold fucking on. Occupy Democrats, all which right, is another down, like kind of fake news. Washington Post. Wa- are you holding the Washington? I'm assuming this is the positive example in this situation. Well, Washington yeah, Post put Times, out a whole list. I'd say so. New York Times, Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal are as close to good investigative journalism as you can get. Okay, I. Agree with two. What's the, I so don't know about Wall the, Street Journal? I would actually say the New York Times is slightly biased. They've gotten worse. They've gotten a little bit They've worse. They've been accused of um, a lot of fake journalism. Yeah, Not fake, literally journalists making up, making up they, shit. They, yeah. You know, well, they def- far, And I would say as far as a narrative, the New York Times, and I haven't been the first to say this. I think someone else said this on the podcast. Everybody fucking talks but, about it. But I think the Washington Post is probably better than the New York Times in this to I would agree. extent. I would agree. Although the Washington Post will not let you read their fucking articles unless you pay for it. Like, the New York Times will let you watch, I mean, read for free, which is kind of annoying online. Yeah. So, you know, fucking Washington Post, you know, get with your fucking picture. I, but they don't have the readership that the New York Times does, so they have to charge more money and be more strict and stuff. So, Well, I mean, that's just uh, old media versus new media, just trying to figure out where they belong in the world right now. But it's now, interesting but because that means that you're not you're kind of cutting yourself off from a lot of young people who are not going to pay for a newspaper right. subscription. Right, but that's business decisions rather than, you know, what's enumerated in the Constitution. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, but, the but constant- that's a big demographic that they're missing out on. That's money. Oh, yeah, it, like, it's, they, I think it's smart, a stupid business plan, oh, okay. certainly. 
certainly, yeah. But uh, as far as uh, the Constitution is concerned, journalism is the the only profession that is specifically singled out and enumerated as having responsibilities, other than you know people that work for the government the itself. The Fourth Estate, essentially, yeah. Why isn't there a is there a movie called The Fourth Estate? No. With Schwarzenegger? No. <laughs> it's called Celebrity Apprentice. It's called The Warrior. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so The fifth season was the was that one. I suppose. It all kind of comes together to yeah. become that. Mr. Brian, you have inklings. Come on. I don't Omar know. I, I was going to dig deeper into just what is truth and what are facts in the first place and kind of get really philosophical and nerdy, but it's okay. Well, 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 you were actually talking about some specific news sources. I want to hear more. I'm sorry. I kind of cut you off. You said the Washington Post versus oh, – you said the Wall Street Journal, New York Times were three that you liked. But uh, let's hear some fake ones. No, I mentioned. I, I So I was saying – You mixed them all in. Yeah. No, no. I was I, I was saying like – Oh, okay. So on, on, <laughs> on one side of the coin, we'll say – I said the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal are, are, as far as I can tell, good investigative journalism. I pretty much cross-check as much as you can. but And you can tell the fucking difference. And you can – that's the other problem How I do have you too. Well, you can kind of get the sense of when some people get so fucking annoyed when it's like, oh, this just appears biased, and so that's the whole thing. It's like, no, relax. Like, if somebody's making a biased opinion in a New York Times article, just fucking skip past it and understand that there's a fact underneath it. Like, you, there there are facts in this world that need to be assessed and understood across the board. So if one is vaguely biased because it, you know, there's more time done to the fact that you know maybe Donald Trump should release his tax report tax returns because it's a good idea for our, you know, for for us to assess who the better candidate is to vote for fine you know what i mean or when when a, when a lie is a lie is that not a fact when someone says something that is demonstrably untrue and you call it a lie as a new york as the new york times did how is there anything wrong with that is that not a fact how is that suddenly phrased as bias what the hell are you talking yeah, about yeah what are you talking about Oh man! One uh, time? No, it's uh, well. That that was on the front page of the New York Times. Basically, Tr- Trump, you know, Trump lies. Trump lies about. Um, oh God damn it! Wait, guys. today or yesterday? No, you? this is during the election. Oh, okay. Um, I was, thought you were talking about something specific. Uh, no, 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 no. Well, I am talking about something specific, that but was, it's not currently going yeah, okay. on. It's yeah. just, but there are so many times that the New York Times has been accused of being biased simply for stating fact. You know that that you know goes toward. Um, Essentially, calling Trump what he is in many capa- in many sa- in many instances, right? And the only time they what? ever published anything that was untrue had to do with Clinton. And that, but that's the difference. I mean, the, over the being, election, that is being called unbiased is very different than being called untrue or even a liar. Not and, these days. Not these days at all, man. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's the same thing. People say, I can't read the New York Times. It's too biased. And that's sort of the same thing as saying, oh, it's just propaganda. It's whatever. It might not be true, like you said, but they're synonymous these days. It's in their minds, fake news. Y- yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is not. Uh, yeah. The, the the sources that we choose are something that we have to uh, come to on an individual basis, and this is nothing new at all. This is it's pretty new. Not at all. Since the invention of the printing press, okay. whoever was rich enough to have that printing press got to spout their ideas. What I meant new was okay. Go ahead. I mean, the, these You're are right. th- these are problems that you know George Washington would sit down and read the rags that were printed around D.C. Mm-hmm. and a lot of them were very unfavorable to mm-hmm. him, and he would go off on it, but he didn't shut them down just because something is unfavorable or you know untrue. That's where you know the the libel and slander laws come in. Sure, you know if. 
you are going to go out and tell people that I'm a murderer and print that on the front of your newspaper, well, I can certainly sue you for libel. Right. That and that is where that responsibility lies. But it's not inherent in the in the government's responsibility to tell me what it is I can and can't listen to. So if we're going to go off on the this idea of fake news, it seems like everyone is turning to the government to do something about it. We have laws that are coming out of the EU basically having news or I should say aggregation sites like Facebook and Twitter and Google being held accountable for the news that they are linking to essentially. And is is that the direction that we want our society to go as well? No, I think there's a better way to go about it. I, I would say in the same way that we have in a weird way, we, you know, some of the, the more detrimental things like placing labels on, uh, you know, like uh, ratings on movies, something like that. Right now, that's not a government issued agency necessarily mm-hmm. speaking, but it is a derivative of it in the same principle. Right. So, and I mean, it, as a, ew, we've dug into the MPA before. I mean, yeah. that is no, we haven't, by the way, on the show. Um, oh, maybe that was, uh, yeah, it was. It's, it's okay. Sorry. No, it was TBC. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it, what I'm saying is that I, it's certainly not the ultimate solution is all I was getting out there. No, no, yeah. no. I didn't say it was right. the ultimate solution at all. I'm saying yeah. that it's a, it's a way that we can trend that we can, there can be a way to apply for, you know, the credentials essentially yeah. where if you post something that is untrue, you, you, you lose that, you know what I mean? And, and so there's, there's some sort of regulate, there's some, no, I don't want to say regulation. There's some, there, I, I think there's that some sort of, no, nah, I don't want to say bar either. I think that there's some sort of accountability that can be placed on media outlets. Um, and, and that might just make it easier for everyone to have the same discussion. I guess that's Does what the I'm government saying. do this. The government, I think, is a good start. Um, I, I don't want to extend it directly to the government, but if it is, because remember, they're not silencing anything; they're just granting a particular. Um, In Europe, they are, but that's right, and that's what I'm yeah. saying. Right? Yeah, they're, they're granting a particular kind of uh, rating, right? The, you know, we have the Department of Health that gives an A rating or a B rating yeah, to, to okay. food kind of yeah, stuff that's one for proposal. the public good, right? Yeah. Ultimately, that we're talking about the public good, and so if there can be some sort of a rating for a news agency. Um, I think that that might be beneficial. That might help. It does, it's not stopping anyone from eating there. It's or it's it's just it's allowing for us to. Um, that, that's I, I'd be okay with that, but it cannot possibly have any sort of affiliation with the government in and of itself. Um, if it is a completely uh, vocational organization that is overseeing things like the bar, like you said, I can see that way more than the government. Uh, don't we have because- the FCC? Yeah, well, th- that's what I'm saying. But the FCC doesn't is more about um, like why can't you say fuck on you know and you get a particular rating? Why you did say they fuck uh, they ban Howard Stern or you know what I mean? Not I, don't, I forget. There, there's other examples, but you yeah, know like the FCC can have the FCC is tough. The FCC, I'm not sure. Oh, well, I guess so. There, there, you can have a division in the FCC that does this. But you were going on a fun tangent. Why is the, it that you don't okay. think that the government should be involved in this? Because that's exactly who the free speech is intended to protect. Or to protect us from. Against? They, okay. Yeah, against, yeah, whatever you want to say. The The idea essentially is that the government is not supposed to be the one that is enacting these things. The government shall make no laws that are infringing on freedom of speech. They're just giving and it a rating, though. That, but they are the ones making that that arbitration. So just like the MPAA, the problems that we have there are basically that it is a self-contained organization that gets to make their own uh, – basically uh, 
rules and apply them to however they see fit. But that is taken as the ultimate authority. It is taken as though it is a governmental entity when it is a, a completely separate thing. The, the same conflict of interest would exist if we were talking about the government monitoring this freedom of or monitoring no 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 press. it'd be the same the same conflict of interest would exist if you have an MPAA similar type of thing mm-hmm. for journalists which I, I don't think is the good way to go I no, think no. the government can I, I don't think there's a problem with the government essentially. Um, be, be, informing it, the public over well, something. No, be, I, I'm not talking about the, restriction. The, the, I'm the, problem, the okay. problem is that the majority of what is going to get you a bad rating is going to be things that are unfavorable to the government. And then nowadays, that, maybe, and that that just becomes another wing of being able to, you know, silence the media. Exactly. I mean, today we we don't necessarily have silencing of the media, but we have uh, sort of tacit control. We have that idea of access. We have the idea that if you piss off the wrong people. People, you're no longer going to be allowed into the conversations. You're no longer going to be allowed in the press briefing rooms. You're no longer going to be allowed access to the information that you need. So it is that same sort of carrot and stick situation at any time the government would have any hand in that sort of ratings process. Well, then how do you – like to Joey's point, how do you – how do you um, with the FCC, how do you you know circle that square? Well, the, the FCC is um, about decency guidelines, not necessarily about content. So you can still, you know, there is like the, the, the George Carlin list of seven deadly words or seven, you know, words that you can't say on TV, which is weird because they actually took that list directly from Carlin. And that's... Do you want to say them? What's that? Go for it. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, cock, bitch, fuck, cunt, slut. Motherfucker, no. tits. No, not slut. No. Uh, motherfucker. Shit, fuck, fuck motherfucker, um, cock, cunt, something, and tits, man. Piss. Piss and tits. Yeah. Yeah. And those, that was a bit that George Carlin came up with. And then the FCC actually adopted that as their rules. So it, it's this weird sort of, um, uh, backwards way of going about things. But that's beside the point. Um, well done, George. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm talking to George Carlin. I have wow. to continue my tradition. We have some bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your your issue though? What what is what? it? That... I'm sorry. What do you mean? You, you you took umbrage with the the entire concept and with which oh oh just governmental sponsored media. Yeah. yeah no I do um because it more often than not leads to problems. Now the one example of that isn't a problem is BBC. Um so they they can do it there. Uh, if we did follow that model, but they also have an extremely well entrenched value of freedom of press since like the Enlightenment times, kind of like us. So I guess it could possibly work, but it's dangerous under and it's dangerous right now. We try it with PBS, but that doesn't work. And that's also, that's also what you guys always said about why they were so you know the glory days of kind of the, the media, right? When it was the, in order to get the in order to to have your FCC license, you had to have a, a period of time allotted simply for the public good, a half mm. hour, you know what I mean? And that was just the media. But that's a government-restricted time frame that people ended up apply, you know, adhering to. It was a government requirement that you had news, but the government had no say in what that news was. No, sure, but it was in the it was in the company's best interest to, uh, you know. Um, uh, do good for the public at that during that time frame during that half hour essentially right and that's in I don't know if it was, was in, the com- in the company's best interest but it was 
I, ideally for the country's best interest. Well, no, because if you didn't do what you were required to do by the government, then you didn't get your license. Therefore, it right. isn't the company's best interest. No, it, well, th- that's where we get into that letter versus the spirit of the law. So it was in the company's best interest to follow the law and do what was required, but it wasn't necessarily in the company's best interest to enlighten the world. Well, yes, it is. If if because it's if if it would not be in the public good not to not enlighten the world, then they wouldn't get their license. Not necessarily. I mean, ch- checking the box that you have news does not necessarily mean you're enlightening the world. I mean, we have you know TMZ that counts I want, as. I want news. to ask you a question, Sean O'Brien. Sure. Would you be okay if if Donald Trump came up with this government agency in two months? Um, I, uh, perhaps. I, I, I understand that's an, I don't what you're know, saying. Man, or a very it, difficult. It's question. not that it's an I don't know, man. Because I would immediately be like, "Fuck no." No, but but I I don't think that I, I wouldn't immediately you know. Dismiss it. It's it's an idea, and like I said, all really? ideas all ideas are are. You, you wouldn't know, be a little wary about. This. I didn't say I wouldn't be wary at all. I said I wouldn't dismiss it. That's totally. That's exactly the <laughs> I opposite. I said okay. I'd dis- uh, I'd right, I'd enough, be extremely wary of it. Right. You're the one who dismiss it. Well, but I just think a good sh- idea is a good that idea. That thing to me is is very 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 scary, especially because. The, and I'm sorry. Can I steer the conversation towards Trump? And I apologize for hijacking. You already have. Go. I, I hijacked. <laughs> uh, I guess because of one Bannon and and the way Bannon took control of his campaign and was already using Breitbart as part of his, and many people have said this, the Pravda for Trump. Now, Bannon supposedly has left them, but there's no doubt they still publish articles on his behalf. He still okays stuff. Um, Decisions run through him. We also have Jared um, uh, Kushner, Kushner, sorry. And he's got the New York Observer, which is not, you know, a big deal or whatever. Sure. But it's still a, it's a newspaper. And uh, presumably all of these would get the A rating that I'm talking about. And right. in my opinion, I and, don't think that those and are- And this is just- to, uh, that's one part of it. This is not even talking about how Donald Trump treats the media. Sure. And that's what we were talking about is that he will actually call someone or even Hill Dog, by the way, did this. I think their campaign did this. Call specific like uh, news organizations or specifically reporters and be like, hey, cut it out or or you should fire this person or that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is creepy. And, uh, you know, is in my mind part of the why the First Amendment is important, that they shouldn't even have their hands and well, but that kind of stuff. You asked me why I think- Like, I don't like Trump calling Alex Jones. Like, I, I think that's- Right, but weird. this is a separate like, issue. I don't like Barack Obama doing that either. Like, I don't, I know it's a separate issue, but I think it has to do with governmental, you know, influence in the media and having their own Pravda or simply just, you know, having their influence over ABC or NBC or whatever. Well, again, I I guess that's part of the problem is that I I think the government still to this day, and I understand in practical purposes, it is a separate entity from the people, but I don't think that it ought to be. Um, And I don't think it has to be. I think that there is a way to start to um, have a little bit more of the citizens oversight of the government in order to, so that the government can act for what it, in the best interest of the, the, the what citizens. What does that look like? Does it look like a bipartisan panel well, of that, senators yeah. or yeah, something? Yeah, I think so. Perhaps. Maybe. That is there, supposed there is to something. be the press. That that is the job of the press, right? But we're, and so if we hand over the oversight of the press to the people that they're supposed to be the oversight of, to me that is a complete I, again. Conflict I'm of not handing over anything, guys. It's this is a this is a. It, it's not as intense. Okay. You are what? handing over some power. You have to admit that. You are, you're giving them a panel to judge what is and what is not appropriate. Um, yes, I agree. That is true. That's a big power. That is true. And uh, that's going to change depending on who's in power. Right. So, you know, if we go back to the, well, if the you out, unless, red you, scares, unless I mean, you outline it in such a way that, the, you know, in, in it, you frame it and you phrase it in such a way that that's why laws are the way that they are, right? I mean, there's a way to make um, 
there's a way to curtail freedom of speech in, that ultimately does good for the public, right? There's a way to curtail how? how? Yeah. Well, it depends on what your definition of ultimately good for the public is. I mean, if ultimately good for the public is that everyone is safe, then yeah, we can just shut down all media today and everyone's going to be fucking safer. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we have a better society. Yes, exactly. Right, exactly. Um, so again, that the way that I would define safe or the way that I would define, what did I say, better or? No idea. Yeah, like you somehow straw manned me when I didn't even make a point. Um, I, the ultimate thing I'm talking about is not restricting the freedom of the press, right? I'm talking about framing the freedom of the press in such a way that it is easier to understand um, the intent of each of the the intent of each of these different types of media outlets. And sure. there's a way to word it that will ultimately better our society if we're talking we about. Have, you have right. to be specific. Yeah, yeah, and that I know I do. Do you mean and like? Then do you mean about. like a certain governments will get certain will give subsidies to? I mean, a government will give subsidies to certain no, news organizations. No, not at all. Will not they at just all. well? Will they put a list out and say we like this, this, and not this? Not at one? all. I said what very specifically. It's a question of ratings, right? You can you can you get rate. an A or a B or a C. Sure, if you'd like that. I mean, again, I, I'm one. I'm not a you know policymaker, so I don't know exactly how I'd word this. Second, I'm coming up with this as how I'm talking. You, so how would you feel to, if, if Trump's off the cuff. If Trump's but thing don't, did? I don't want to talk about Trump yet. Hold on, this is exactly what you're talking about. No, it's not. It, a government, it really a government committee that makes decisions on ratings of news organizations. Um, maybe I didn't finish what I was saying. The, so okay, go ahead. you could, um, not so much rate all different types of media. You know, lump them all together and just give everything an A, B, C, D, E, E, or F. You could actually make it more specific. Where a question, you know, you can have a category of investigative journalism, right? Um, and there are certain credentials. There are certain things that need to be followed in order to do that. There, there to- can be another totally thing understood. that is sort I'm, of. I don't well, have a problem with any of that, but what I do have a problem with is that being governmental controlled rather than the citizen control. And I, I realize that you're trying to create this utopian society where the government and the people are the same thing again, but that's not the reality that we live in. So if we're trying to actually fix the world, I think the the better solution is a a – a, a public entity that was going to do that, a, uh, or a I shouldn't say, and not even a nonprofit, but you know, a, a a Yelp for news. I mean, you know, something that everyone could have an opinion on, and we could see that score going up and down. Just like a Rotten Tomatoes for news, essentially. Yeah. Sure, that's not a bad idea. That's fine. I mean, that's that could be okay too. Um, I, I it, just, but how how again? How does that? How does that entity, whatever it, whatever it is, mm-hmm. how do we grant it the authority that we ultimately need it to have? It doesn't need authority. All it needs, sure, it to, does. No, Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes doesn't need yeah. authority. It just Rotten Tomatoes did. has authority. We agree with that, right? Well, no. It, 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 then that's what I'm talking about by authority, not power authority. I'm talking about an understood element where we agree that this thing has a particular, you know, this thing is a reputable source for saying a source okay, of information, here, certainly. Right. That's what I mean. So, like, if a Rotten Tomatoes thing, we give that an, a, an element of authority in the sense of okay, they've they've somehow aggregated all these different critic ratings and sure. they give us a number and then okay. we if we're grant calling that, that authority then sure right okay. exactly that's what i meant okay, okay. sorry so but they also get to how, choose which so how does, which how does this entity and, that you're proposing gain the authority that we're proposing it has ultimately it will ultimately get 
I mean, how does anything in this digital age gain authority? How did Facebook become number one and beat out MySpace? It's just doing it and having the numbers to do it that it, you know, it will become self-evident, essentially. It so, will, you know, once enough people start using it, then that becomes, why does, why is Wikipedia the authority? It's sure. 50% wrong. Sure. I, I guess it's That's not 50% wrong. It is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They've done studies of it side by side with Britannica and they are both 50% wrong. Encyclopedia Britannica is fifty percent wrong too. Ouch. Yeah. Well, then what difference does it make? They're exactly. both reputable sources. Wait, um, they're fifty. Really, Britannica? Damn. I don't. That I, sounds excess, excessive. I, I unfortunately am going to have to. I'm unfortunately I'm going to have to reserve my my yeah, belief on that, that yet. <laughs> but it's the news. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Alex Jones. So I, I I don't disagree with you. I think that it's a, it's a cool idea. Um, the problem is that we're sort of now going to have to wait for someone to come up with this idea and then for it to get enough traction to to end up working where – and then, you know, to hope that it gets funding somehow and that advertisers like Frankly, it. Frankly, I bet you know, there are this, websites like this. I just don't know if there, there's one that's very popular. I'm, honestly, um, so the, the best one, Snopes.com is probably among the best. And okay, then we also I have, have, uh, have uh, PolitiFact, which is another gotcha. great, great mm-hmm. reputable source, which so gives we have, you – So maybe this is the age of the fact checker, check, exactly. checkers. Exactly. Yeah, and, and Politico as well. Yeah, and the we fact checkers. start supporting them and giving them more money and kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. That, that yeah. is a huge vacuum that we've talked about in the, the press industry industry or the news media is just that there is no budget for actual fact checking. There is no budget for people to be actually checking things on the street and, you know, uh, making sure that things are accurate. You know, when bad news gets out there, some of the worst proponents of that are the large news media. They are, you know, some of the first to put those incorrect articles on the screen for everyone to digest. And then, you know, they, they, print a redaction or they, you know, uh, yeah, within the comments section still in there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this, because I think this is sort of the easiest way to go about it. Um, on the surface level, how do you guys sniff out, um, what appears to not be true when you're reading an article? What are some of the things that, that you, that catches your eye? Uh, first place I always go to is the, um, the URL. Where is it okay. coming from? Okay. Um, I still rely on Smart. brand recognition. So, you know. You what are some s- of the brands you like? Um, I mean. Or that uh, you trust? Unfortunately, I still trust the old media as far as, you know, just my random ranking goes. If I see it's coming from NBC or New York Times or something like that, yeah. that is definitely going to be a more trustworthy source. I'm with than you. I agree. Upvote or, you know, click, sure. it, click it or, tick, or right. you know, whatever the fuck it Why is. Why do you sure. think that is? Uh, that I, I actually attribute largely to just marketing and being ingrained in that. Having the money itself. The mainstream media. Exactly. And to me, that's the big problem is that, especially if it is a government controlled ratings entity, that is going to be entrenching that mainstream media even more. Mm -hmm. And so when the mainstream media is wrong, as they so much were in this last election, then that is going to be harder for those smaller sources that actually have real information to come forth. What do you mean they were wrong so much? The, okay, let me break this down. Mm-hmm. What do, first of all, what do you mean by mainstream media? <laughs> um, you, TV media. Okay, so CNN and uh, MSNBC, by, all by that way, stuff. I, I hate that fucking The phrase? Thing. I really do too. I really do too. I hate it more than the phrase fake news. I think it's, it's not even good. It's just like a really ambiguous, shitty term that no one really uses correctly. And I think it's often It was used- popularized by Fox News. Yeah, yeah, com- oh, shocking. Shocking. Really yeah. fucking shocking. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really where it came from. They they were supposed to be the alternative to it's the funny mainstream is that media. Fox News isn't even the worst thing right now to me. I, I think it it's predates that, that to Rush Limbaugh though. Sorry? Predates to Rush Limbaugh. 
Oh, interesting. Okay, perhaps. Um, the, so, I mean, you know, yeah, two, two, two heads of the same snake. Exactly. Um, okay, so the mainstream media, be it... So now, I actually don't necessarily consider... Um, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News as as mainstream media. Um, I do. Well, yeah. What are they then? Are they the alternative? Is that what you're saying? Um, what I, is what's the mainstream media? Yeah, I think anything that perpetuates that 24 hour news cycle. C- is... Yeah, yeah. NBC, ABC, CBS, New yeah. York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal. Um, uh, MSNBC sh- isn't. Yeah, MSNBC. And no, Fox. MSNBC is not. You think okay? And neither is CNN, and neither is well. Fox CNN News. is not specifically as left as NBC. I think. Yeah, they, CNN is. Here's the thing. MSNBC or NBC? No, MSNBC. I said. Uh, okay, that's I mean, I, MSNBC I and Fox News. I can kind of see how you equate them on the left and right. I do. see Sure, that I do. CNN tries. CNN tries very hard to be as good straight down the center as I they can. I don't love CNN, but um, I think they're occasionally okay. Well. Jeff Sucker's an idiot, by the way. Uh, okay, ho- hold on. I think I want to say something sure. really nice here that, that Ben Shapiro says, and I apologize for keep quoting him, but I like what he says sometimes in his podcast. He said, and he's a, a connoisseur of news. He's obsessive with news. He used to write for Breitbart, and now he's got his own news website called The Daily Wire. Anyway, it's not even the best website. But the, what he said was to, to tell the difference between what's a good news source is to look at what articles they publish, and if there's any articles they publish that are against their economic interest, that's a good source. And he says that basically that's the difference between the New York Times and the Washington Washington Post is that the Washington Post will occasionally publish articles that will be against their economic interest or, or supposedly lose them their narrative and maybe their readers or whatever. Whereas the New York Times will never do that, he says. How do you snuff that out? It's difficult to snuff it out. You have to kind of know a little bit more. Or not snuff that out. How do you? How do you? You know, how can you how tell you when, when a particular article is bad for the economic interest of a particular of a newspaper? Well, if it's or against if it's their crafted. Yeah, I'm if sorry. it's no, no, if it's narrative, it's a bunch of it's well, a bunch of newspaper, it's a bunch of people that are the easiest no, way is if it's an article that is going directly against one of their advertisers. So if it is okay, sure, there you go. Oh, so if they it, okay, so you mean as a whole, if a company has done that in the past, that's a good point. okay, that's interesting. Okay, I'll give you that. So okay, fine, but let me just go back to what I, where I was going. You said that so much, so this the the mainstream media. What you mean by that is Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC ish, right? Uh, all TV. I mean, uh, you know, NBC, ABC at all. Okay, okay, that's fine. And they were all, they were so wrong in this election. What do you mean by that? Um, What were they wrong about? Well, I mean, this is uh, uh, the DNC and the RNC's problem as well, but it all goes back to the, just this perpetual idea that, you know, it it was in the bag for Hillary. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. That's that's the polling error, though. That's the problem of polling. It's not even the polling error. Because they're just going by numbers of polls. Right, but then that just gets perpetuated as fact. That gets, you know. It is fact. It is a fact when someone is in the lead in the polls. Right, but then that's the confluence of opinion and fact. So. No. Are they not supposed to report the polls? No, no, that's, that's that's not what I'm saying. Okay. They, they. Report the polls, and then they take the poll as an extrapolation of truth, rather than the poll being true. No, n- incorrect. So, They've said they said almost every single day when they were talking about the polls. Let me just remind you guys: the polls are just a snapshot in time. So, if the election were held today, this is what would happen. This is not, and uh, this is not a prediction of what's going to happen. They said it every single time they reported the polls. Every single time. I watched CNN religiously. It was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> well, that's just so when you talk about that, the, Does everyone do that? I don't know. I'm curious. Well, the, the key is that it's not CNN. It's um, it's the pollsters on that were up there. And for the most part, yeah. So on like Fox News or MSNBC, any well, pollster up there. Will they give you the were, uh, percentage error? 
like with or without. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Look at the margin of error, and and they'll they'll cite the sources specifically as far as what are the good ones. The the obviously the most the the best aggregator of the polls was um, five thirty eight, obviously, but there were several other you know aggregators of the polls which who I'm were also you very said good. That, you Nate Silver lover. I'm more of a Harry Enten, Claire Malone guy myself, oh my but it's God. fine. But it's, I anyway. actually like Jody. I love them all. Jody Avergan's maybe. Anyway, the, but, <laughs> but um, to specify what I mean is that um, that that's one of the things that people kind of you know almost perpetuates the the narrative of cynicism in the sense that oh news isn't you know isn't as good as they think it is because they all predicted Hillary to be the winner and and that's just not true. What they what they did was that they reported the polls that were you know a snapshot in the time that the day before essentially the election where Hillary was up three points. Um, and she was, <laughs> she was, right. she didn't get the turnout she wanted. And, and she lost, she won the popular vote by 3 million votes almost. And she lost by a very small margin in three different States. You know what I mean? And those, those States were within the margin of error. So we don't necessarily, and these are all ba- again, based on the exit polls, but and we won't know exactly where everything went wrong until all the votes are actually counted and came in around – or, you know, everything the specific – whatever. Around May, we'll know. But, okay. Let me quickly – I know we're going to move but on. But they didn't get it wrong is what I'm let saying. Let me just quickly make one point and then we can move on. Uh, also, don't forget about Ohio and Florida. Um, it's not just the three Rust Belts. It, it is, you know, Ohio and Florida. Ohio wasn't close. And Florida was two or th- two percentage points. So I'm just sure. saying, like, you know, it was somewhat of a, you know, referendum on those states too. So I mean, don't forget about those states. That's all. Oh, I'm talking about the margin of error. I don't know what the margin of error was in Pennsylvania and Ohio. So I don't know. They're very different. I don't know if. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, regardless of that, how how has the the change in media played into that though? So we a lot of the idea of this this fake news being touted is the fact that you know uh, there was. A, a different sort of dissemination going on this time than in previous elections. The idea of the meme war, the idea of, um, you know, straight up incorrect or disfactual news being generated in other countries as clickbait, essentially. Um, so is is that something that is constitutionally addressable? Well, I don't know about constitutionally addressable, but it is something we, it needs to be addressable somehow. Um yeah, I do. I, I think that's the differentiation, though, is that it, there might— Does the Constitution I, apply to foreigners? Do they have the same right to free speech that we do? Well, it becomes difficult because Facebook is like an American company that's publishing this stuff. So it's—I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't really have the answer there. I would say no, they don't have the ability, the government. There needs to be some sort of, I don't know, non-governmental entity that can take care of this problem. I don't know how. It seems like a very difficult one, though. I think, uh, to me, it just goes to education of the populace. I agree there too. It's it definitely not a one prong approach there. You know, that's but how do you educate a populace for fake news? You you teach how to discern truth from yeah. fiction and you tr- and just in and, general and in class or is there an actual like, there are so many different ways to do it. You're right. I and I think that is the main thing to be addressed. I mean, too many people but How do we who do that? Was it? How does who that was happen? it? Fucking said recently. I think it was one of Trump's surrogates basically said unfortunately there are no facts these days, right? It was uh, Scotty Nell Hughes, I think. Right? Unfortunately, unfortunately there's world. not a such thing. No, no, no. She said unfortunately there's no longer such a thing as facts, which That's is which is so okay. fucking absolutely mind-blowing. And in the same in the same breath, we have a president essentially um, 
more or less disinterested in hearing the daily briefings because it's because in, in a weird way, this whole idea of cynicism to fit the same narrative that you as a human being just want to know um, so that your world can kind of be safe and you don't have to think too fucking much and worry too much about whether or not it throws you off makes everyone as complacent um, as possible. And that's what starts to kill us. That honestly is the problem. So, because finding the truth is fucking hard. Understanding facts are very, very difficult to fucking do. These are things that take time. And I, I don't know where to start, but that's fucking how to start. I think, most I think, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, most people don't even have the time to consume the news, let alone investigate the news on their own. Exactly. You're right. I know. People just don't have time to fact check. I know. And what's, no, go for it. Well, what's scarier to me is that it's not just the public is not able to discern the fake news. It's the government now, which is, it's it's really exactly right. Trump and it's Mike Flynn and Mike Flynn's son. And we just talked about that with the Pizzagate stuff. So, oh, maybe we didn't. We did not talk about Pizzagate. (laughs) Shit. Okay. We talked about it. That's what we're supposed to be talking out here. Uh, But okay. Yeah. Wow. Go for it. Go for it. uh, Actually, let's, uh, let's hitch on to it. Uh, I don't know enough about Pizzagate. I know you know more about it because I never watched like the origination from Alex Jones's InfoWars website. Um, yeah. Is it really from InfoWars or did I don't think so. I, it, or did well, they pick it, up some stories? Yeah, it's all just kind of that, that circle jerk that happens. They of, just hear it on a subreddit. And yeah, exactly. Go crazy. Um, as far as I understand, Pizzagate goes into, uh, uh, child sex trafficking in DC. Um, apparently there is, uh, connections with Hillary and is it Soros? Pod- no, it's Podesta. Podesto. It's a uh, Comet's Pizza that was was accused of having a child sex ring in the basement of it, and that continued to perpetuate um, among you know subreddit accounts. And it really it really all did suck. Oh, it was actually a, subreddit. Yes, yeah. yeah, it was. A, um, and it was just a simple kind of subreddit thing that ended up being retweeted um, by by big people. Um, yeah, and and. Uh, recently a man came in with a gun and, you know, fired one shot. Uh, nobody was hurt. Um, he came in there to quote, kind of, uh, investigate himself. Um, now once again, this goes into my problem that it's always been, he did, he did not go there to investigate, to quote, investigate. He went there. How do you investigate? Well, you start without a narrative in mind. With a highlighter and a James Joyce Do you Joyce see book. what I'm saying? That's that the problem. I, uh, you start, that's not necessarily yes, true. Yes, it's fucking but. true. There, There is some sort of – it's as scientific as it gets if you just want to find out what the fact is, right? You don't start off with a a – a narrative that you need to fit. You start if off with an observation about, to yeah, understand. Yeah, but that's science versus journalism. I think it's the same. Yeah, I but, think it's the same. But no no newspaper editor is going to just give you carte blanche and say, oh, go find something. You have to pitch an angle and pitch a story. Because somebody has investigated something. So not, the, it's whether or not they, yeah, they are given carte blanche. Some are given carte blanche. You can watch Spotlight, and that's the same. Where you know there are outlets that are given yeah, but carte the blanche. Spotlight to Spotlight was so fucking phenomenal, is because it was so rare. It's something that doesn't happen anywhere. else. I understand, but it's not like it doesn't happen. So it it does happen. But there are it, the the editor doesn't. You know, they go to they they tell you to go find find out the truth behind something, right? And the majority of good investigative journalists are doing that. They're trying to find out the proof, the the, the truth of something, and and it's almost. Never Never the case where one walks into a gun with something in order to best understand what ha- I'm what is happening. Not in defending it. that. At I know all. you're not, but th- what I'm saying is that they're not going in with a narrative. That's where it comes from. Y- you go in beforehand. W- once you go into a story trying to fit your narrative, you automatically are 
are well, that's not propaganda. even two steps behind. Precisely. That's my point. That's my point. And I think that's the, the once again, they've used this word, you know, the guy went there to investigate. How can that word have gotten into that guy's fucking head without the persistence of fake news where everybody just thinks, oh, we just go investigate. You know what I mean? And, and even Mike Flynn, even Mike Flynn um, tweeting something like uh, you decide not Mike Flynn Jr. Mike Flynn. Right. You decide. I don't want to. F- I hate that fucking shit when it comes from like people talking about. Oh, here's this. You decide. Me. You. You know what I mean? So it drives me crazy. Are you arguing against citizen journalism then? No, no, I'm not. I'm arguing against um, the. I mean, obviously, walking into a pizza place with a gun is not necessarily citizen journalism. Sure, but even let's just say he didn't walk right. in with a gun because he's not the only one, by the way, yeah. to walk in there kind of harassing with videotapes exactly. yeah, and yeah, looking totally. at that. I think that that's the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I'm not against citizen journalism. I'm against the um, the uh, the the practice. Okay, so there. Oh man, there's a lot of stuff to unpack here. Um, <laughs> How does one train to be a journalist, right? Most journalists will say, well, you just have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, then therefore everybody can be a journalist. So now the question becomes, well, how do we best um, talk about the methods of things, right? The method of journalism. If everybody can be a journalist, well, there has to be some way that we agree to that finding, you know, there's a be- there's there is a, there are better ways to find the truth than others, right? Um, we can agree that sort of torturing someone to to get a confession is a, is probably a bad idea because the, most people will just tell you anything you want to hear. So that's not a good way to find the truth. Okay, so then what's the next question? Well, maybe not leading questions, right? You don't ask a leading question is another way to do it. Um, so you know, when did you stop cheating on your wife? Right? That's it's not really a good question. So when did you stop hitting your wife? It's the same thing. Okay, fine. It's the same principle. <laughs> when, when did you stop eating your cat? <laughs> um, uh, so that's you know even further than a leading question, but you know uh, open ended questions. And 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 I, again, I'm not a journalist, but if everybody is out to find truth, then we have to discuss. Then everybody has to have a better understanding of the methods of finding truth. And the scientific that's method is a, your your utopian society again. Not everyone is out to find truth. You know, not all journalists are are that altruistic. Um, you know, some are just trying to rake up dirt. Some are trying to, uh, right. you know, some are doing it for the lulls. Some are just doing it to, to feed their family. Right. So, you know, and- we, we've gotten to a, a, a place where there is more motivation for journalists than just truth. Well, sure, of course, and and uh, but that's a separate issue. I agree with that. What we're talking about now is Pizzagate and how to stop citizens from thinking that. I'm not talking about journalists. I'm talking about the the readers. But then you turned into that. Everybody's a everybody's a journalist, and mm. then now now everybody has a different self interest. I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm I'm going in a direct line in the sense of we have, have I ever gone in. A direct I got an line? interesting <laughs> idea. Okay, I, but it might to clarify, there is some truth out there that needs to be discovered, right? And. Um, it is up to investigative journalists and the rest of kind of um, people with some sort of quote authority um, to to publish the facts. And now the question is, OK, well, then how does how do the citizens decide whether or not something is true? And these are the things I'm talking about is how to best determine that. Um, Go ahead. What, what's your idea? Nah, I don't like it. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what it was. It sure. was uh instead of having like health class, we have like internet health or social media health where we uh 
dis- discuss different, you know, news articles in the class and talk about which one might be fake, which one might be real and why. But then again, that could be just, you know, government propaganda. I mean, just journalism. Why not having a journalism? I know. Having, I don't like it. That's why I don't look, like the idea. No, what's, no, wrong it, with, what's wrong with teaching journalism in high school? I, exactly. That might be a good like way people of thinking it. that journalism is just like another maybe one of like the in, arts, right? It's forced, one of the, oh, yeah. like inter, like maybe if we're that's what I was saying. If we're all journalists, then theoretically we all should all have to be trained. The, I mean, this, we have to do a whole education show, but this gets into the the entire concept of the way that we actually educate our students. Most of our education is based on memorization and rote, whereas we don't really emphasize critical thinking. Huh? We don't emphasize the idea of you know where does this information Information come from Common Core tried to help that, but then everybody went rabble, rabble, rabble. I don't really understand Common Core. So. I do, and it's exactly what you're talking about. Really? Yeah. I was. Yeah. I guess I only know the rabble. Everybody fucking. Yeah. It's it. It actually is pretty brilliant. Common hmm. Core is it is. Were is, they rabbling because it was the national government trying to enforce policies on states? That was start of it, and of course it, it start. It was a national government that was a democratically run by a black man national government that all kind of started that as well. Sorry, but that's kind of the case. Um. And uh, I'm not going to be PC anymore. Fuck this bullshit. The, but more specifically, it also the, – the biggest reason that people hate Common Core is because it's, one, a lot harder on the teachers. And the teachers aren't very good at teaching it because they don't understand it because at the at its core, no pun intended, it's not how we've been taught for a long time. And oh, we, it's just more difficult to teach. It's much more difficult to teach, yeah, because the, because it is encouraging critical thinking, and you have oh, to, okay. yeah, yeah it's it's more difficult to teach. It it's more difficult to Anything teach. Anything worthwhile is more difficult. You know? <laughs> sure, not always, but yeah. But again, there's two there's two sides to this coin. It's one more difficult to teach because they didn't learn that way, but it's also more difficult to teach because it does require the teacher to do a little bit of work, um, in in grading as well there isn't just one answer there are several uh, different to ways read, to... like long answers and yeah stuff you kind of have to yeah, it, you have to kind of understand, yeah, how, understand what, what was the thought process that went into finding this answer right, right. and with math there are right. many different ways with english there are many different ways with journalism there are many different ways to find truth right so that's that's the thing common core really kind of once people if people got behind it it it, it does a great way of teaching all of these subjects, because it really is the best way to learn. Um, it teaches you the principles behind it, and it teaches you critical thinking rather than asking you to memorize an answer. Um, so, yeah, go ahead, Shawnee. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Well, yeah, we kind of got off on the educational aspect there, but uh, uh, do we want to put that away, education? Uh, yeah, well, like I said, I think we do need to do a whole show on education. That is a, a big topic in and of itself. Um, getting back to the sort of uh, constitutionality of free speech, though, um, I was wondering if Mr. Bonnier could take us on a, uh, a little history of the um, – ah, shit, I always forget the uh, – uh, Tease, tease, God tease, damn it, tease. God damn it. Uh, you can take your time. Nope. We can't afford fucking Jeopardy theme. I didn't do it all. Alien Sedition Act. Oh, yeah. I believe this was 1802-ish, something like that. I think this is Tom uh, Adams. John Adams. Yeah, I yeah. think this is Adams. Um, I forget what countries this was from. There's a lot of also like anti-Chinese activity during this time too. Um but the Alien Sedition Acts were basically just like, you know, if you speak out against the government, I think you're punished. That's all there is to it, right? So that's what sedition is. For the most part, yeah. Uh, and the alien part of it was a ban on certain immigrations from certain countries, I think. I apologize. I'll look it up. I'm sorry. But that's the what I think. Well, how do you think? Of, that seems like that's already crazy. That's in our history that we have a governmental act that says we'll punish certain <laughs> news outlets that are 
criticizing the government. Yeah, essentially. Um, one of the ways it got used was, I can't remember the guy's name, but he basically wrote a bunch of pamphlets uh, trying to get people, or, um, oh wait, no, that was World War One. that was way after. Um, that was, what, seven, 1917, I think. Um, but yeah, that was- What on earth are you idiots talking about? The Alien and Sedition Act. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll read the first paragraph of Wikipedia, okay? The Alien and Sedition Acts were four bills passed by the Federalist-dominated Fifth Congress, signed into law by President John Adams in 1798. They made it harder for an immigrant to become a citizen, allowed the president to imprison and deport non-citizens who were deemed dangerous or who were from a hostile nation, and criminalized making false statements that were critical of the federal government. That's the, the Sedition Act. Say that last part again? And criminalized making false statements that were critical of the federal government. That's the Sedition Act. Within yeah. the within those those particular people at fault, though, no. correct? No, that was separate. Separate. That there's was the, the alien, alien part, and, and then there's the, the sedition. sedition. The Alien and Sedition Acts. Oh, okay. Yeah. There are multiple two acts. They well, get actually, no, sorry, together, four bills. Yeah, four of them. That that dominated the, the Congress. So that was just the whole Congress. I guess they talked about this. Show. Oh, Adams. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't just Adams. It was the Federalists that dominated the Congress. You know, mm-hmm. he, he signed into law by Adams, but, you know, don't, and it's Congress. Will, Wilson had, it was, Woodrow Wilson had his stretch of um, silencing the media as well, if I remember correctly, right? That's, uh, yes, exactly right. In 1918, for use in World War One, also. Yeah, interesting. And also, Delano Roosevelt used it. Yeah, too. that's right. FDR did it too. Japanese yeah. internment camps. And I mean, the the thing that really kind of scares me about the the Alien Sedition Acts were the fact that they were never overturned. They were just allowed to expire. So in theory, they are still you know viable laws. There. Okay, not- so I'm sorry. I I got to correct that. That's close. Oh. Actually, you're right. Uh, three of them were repealed, and I'm oh. sorry, but the Alien Enemies Act, which was in effect, which was revised and codified in 18 for use in World War One. So that's kind of what I was talking about, and what Franklin D. Roosevelt did, and mm-hmm. uh, for World War Two. So one of the four are okh. still are still uh, in, gotcha. enacting. Yeah, and that's the one enacting. that the guy got fucked in in 1917 because he wrote a bunch of pamphlets trying to uh, convince people to just not register for the draft for World War One. One, and he basically got locked up for a long time for that. Yeah, but this kind of – I mean we've, we've had internment camps too. I mean there are several mm. unconstitutional things that have been enacted in the past. Why does this scare you now? Because – oh. Go for it. Trumpy, 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 Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. Okay, sure, sure. Basically. I mean, yeah. I mean, Trump can say that our enemies are, are from Muslim countries and right. therefore we can have Muslim internment camps. Trump can say we have Chinese enemies now or Mexican enemies and, and that should be our Alien and uh, Enemies Act. I mean, it still has to be ratified by Congress. There are of things course. that, I mean, I'm the Supreme saying, Court has to again, uphold it. There's a lot of, a bit, but sure. know, that, that's the potential, if you will. The the fear in general. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, that the one thing that I think gives me a little bit of solace and, and it did scare me earlier, but you know, the, the first amendment, um, it has, has such a long history of being upheld by the Supreme Courts. It's so hard to go against that precedent. So, I mean, even with Trump, uh, with, you know, uh, I guess it was Maggie Haberman um, publishing Trump's, the three pages of Trump's tax return um, that were sort of anom- anonymously given to her. Um, once again, you know, that was the least, the least thing that they were worried about were the legal implications of that, even though it is technically illegal to publish someone's tax returns. So, but they weren't they weren't worried because it simply was in the public good. Um, and that allowed them that freedom. So that's, that's what helps. Right. And so, so what happens when someone is publishing information that is in the greater good, but is deemed, um, 
possibly treasonous. Sure. You know, that gets us to Snowden. Snowden right. That gets us to which, are, which ironically, fucking, what's his name? Um, who's, uh, uh, you know, the had an affair, the general who had the affair. Who's Petraeus. Like, Petraeus. Yeah, Petraeus. Petraeus arguably um, leaked more classified documents than Snowden did. Yeah. Um, and he's a possible candidate for Secretary of State. Yeah. He's out now. Do you guys see who's oh, secretary no. now? No. You didn't see? Well, it's no. not. For sure, actually. And there's a crazy amount of backlash, so I would not be surprised if he takes it back. Sure, maybe. Yeah. The, no, the front runner right now is uh, T Rex. Mm. I forget. It's Thaddeus Rex or some. Yeah. He's some fucking ridiculous Re- Rex, oil tycoon. Rex Tillerman. <laughs> Close enough. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's, the yeah, he's the CEO of, of ExxonMobil, Exxon Mobil, and he's in the, the lead running for Secretary of State. So when we talked about draining the swamp, yeah, that's the one, right? Anyway, um, what happens when someone starts to publish something that is treasonous? Um, it's, it needs to be deemed treasonous first, even though it is in the public good. Um, well, I don't know that you could argue – because the Snowden thing is a little bit you know, sketchy there as to whether or not – it was in the public good, but it was, it was also treasonous. Um, and it was still published, right? So we need to find something that, that might more, specify better what you're talking about. What is the treasonous act that's released that – um, the public good. Well, I guess uh, going into a slightly broader topic, uh, should the uh, the government be allowed to prosecute or persecute whistleblowers? Um, so the idea that we, you know, we have Snowden, we have Assange, and they're basically on the run for sure. for essentially being journalists. Well, yes, mm. um, it's they they. I don't know if that's true. You can still. So we can go all the way back to Deep Throat, right? Mm-hmm. Who kind of maintained his anonymity, and and it was the press's um, the, the the not obligation, but they were obliged to protect their source, mm-hmm. and and they didn't have to reveal. Um, that is something that can still happen, right? Snowden made the choice to come out and and make it public that it was him who was doing this. Um, he didn't have to do that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So he he was a whistleblower that made you know his face known. Yeah. Uh, now, it could but, have been uh, a shallow throat. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, so, but I guess at the heart of your question, you know, it, it, whistleblower is sort of a loaded term there. Um, yeah, yeah. If you hey, one man's whistleblower is another man's patriot, you know. I don't know. Well, no. Well, whistleblower. A whistleblower can be either a patriot or a That's what a, I mean. a, a you know a treasonous snake or whatever the fuck. Yeah, and so that's it's hard to say. kind of assumes. Well, actually, no. Yeah, that's it's, the key. It's, yeah, that's it's, the it's problem. Almost a positive term, I think. It can be both. It can be either. That's the yeah, thing. And I mean, it, sure. it is. I think it's more of a positive term. You, typically, I, I think even the government would say so. I think so too. Because that's the whole idea of a whistleblower. You're blowing yeah. something on. You know, you're 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 calling foul. You know a what I mean? To some tell, other though, agency or snitch <laughs> might not have the stitches. same yeah. might not have the same punch. No. Um. So no, I don't think that the government goes after whistleblowers. They go after. People who publish something that is damaging to our uh, to our government um, safety, I guess, or to, and, and thus the safety of the people. Well, and and, and if the, you want to call that person a whistleblower, sure. But I mean, it's it, you can be a you can do something that is in the public good, um, but is also damaging to the safety of our citizens. You can do both. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Well, I mean, let's let's take the case of Snowden first. Sure. So basically, he the 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 biggest thing, the biggest affront to the country was him releasing the information about the NSA spying on its own citizens. Right. So that is 
why the government is persecuting him because he has told the citizens that the government is spying on them. Right. So inherently that I mean, to me, that's just kind of textbook definition of whistleblowing. He is letting the American people know something that could possibly be detrimental to them, that is hurt, that could possibly hurt them. And I don't see, uh, I mean, other than, you know, the government saving face, there's not anything that is specifically detrimental to the government there. Well, yeah, because it, it, it reveals the way that the government Lies. might... <laughs> No, no, no. It reveals the way that the government is snuffing out the evildoers, you know what I mean, so to speak, the the people who are – who need to be spied upon, who are American citizens still. Mm. That's that's the, the government argument for it. Um, yeah, but you it still used like whistleblower bullshit. too kind of broadly there. I mean what, what, you, what you described as might not – what you described might not be considered whistleblowing by the government. They might, but they might not. And, and the funny thing is I think it's just you're using the term – to to mean exactly what you mean, where I think it does mean both. It, it can mean either. So what term do I need? Well, I, I think don't use whistleblower at all. The, the question at hand is what is what or did? Oh my god, is what Snowden did um, treasonous? No. Why not? Because he would he had the interests of the 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 people of the country at heart. Can it not be treasonous but still have the, the interest of the people at heart? Because the treasonous is against the government. I think it can. <sighs> Technically, to the letter of the law, Mr. Shonfa, he yeah. did commit treason, right? He released yeah. secrets that he was not allowed to release. Yeah. And that's that's the thing, though. That's That's also the responsibility of any citizen in government that is privy to this information. So if we, you know, if Do we start cracking down on him, then we start cracking down on fucking everything. And then there is nothing that we know about the government. And we don't have a democratic republic anymore. We have a, a totalitarian government. I agree, actually. Um, but I think there is this double standard between we uh, security not security, intelligence agencies versus even the military. Whereas like if you get an order in the military and it's immoral, you're allowed to disobey it. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas I don't know if it's the same in the intelligence agencies. Oh yeah, you, you are sworn it, to I, uphold I, the constitution. I hope it is, but I, I would assume honestly that there is this element of culture there that is Oh yeah, loyal the culture is definitely the, uh, yeah. It's slightly different this or way. I don't know, Snowden, it depends. Okay, I would say so, FBI so, and the NSA and CIA, they're all different. There's, all, there's like seven different organizations. So, so I think that there's something specific that we need to look at here. He he was he was an employee of Booz Allen, which was a, subs a government contractor. Yeah, government contractor oh, he wasn't under in the, the NSA. NSA. So he, no. he was oh, not okay. in the NSA. That's the that. key there. That's the that's the important thing to me that we needed to discuss as far as that. Now what, what Snowden did was treason, right? But does that not but that it also may be in the public interest and for the public good. And I personally think it is, yeah. right? But so that's the difficulty, you know what I mean? I and, mean if we, and you if someone a, found out that we were killing people in our Japanese internment camps and they went public with that information, that would be essentially treasonous. But, but it's it, still in the public good, exactly. precisely. And that, I think that that takes precedence to me. That That is sure. the... Um, yeah, I and mean, he can be pardoned. I mean, Snowden can be pardoned by certainly. by entities that find him, you know, th that that deem but, it to be more in the public interest than treasonous. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or and and I think that's the key there. Well, um, I don't. Well, okay, I just think if you tend to be more Republican or right wing, you probably think he's less 
uh, innocent. Right? Oh, Obama did not necessarily. Him? I mean, okay, so I would say the more the the more the right wing here, the more you were. No, I mean him. Alex I, Jones and those guys were behind him. I mean, that's you know. Okay, so I say what you. Yeah, mean. we 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 have an issue that you know it goes across the aisle essentially mm-hmm. when we're talking about freedom of privacy. Yeah, I buy. It. And I think that's actually a really important point here is that a lot of these are bipartisan issues and it it doesn't draw on party lines at at all, which is interesting. I I think that's kind of why you were saying that the Supreme Court has upheld a lot of these decisions is because a lot of them have been bipartisan. Now that does get me into a scary point. If I want to bring this back to Trump again, was that he could, this is on a knife edge, you know, we could have two possible Trump justices. So that could sway it by even to six to three kind of thing. Uh, for supreme for issues of free speech for the first amendment mean well yeah could be i mean or think about how you know a media out versus trump versus a media outlet or the government versus the media outlet or something this i think that- we're safe enough i think fortunately constitutionally we're safe enough uh, on as far as the first amendment goes moral we're pretty i, I well how about it's even possible you're right well, okay i should be I, I mean, I, we have free so, speech zones. That was deemed constitutional, but that's clearly enumerated in the the First Amendment here as well. That they should, that the people should have the right to peaceably assemble. Mm-hmm. The the people should have a right to uh, 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 petition the government for a redress of grievances. I mean, the these things are well. The I mean, the the petition thing is kind of. Uh, um, actually a little bit better now than it was with uh, change.org and whatnot. Um, but the, the idea of the, the protest, that is something that is, has, has definitely changed since George W. Mm-hmm. Um, when we started fencing people off and saying that this is where you can protest and this is where you can't protest, mm-hmm. that has definitely encroached on freedom of speech in general. There's a great arrest of development. Uh, indeed. That. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of the whole time. <laughs> Um, y- yes and no. Um, I-, I think that that's true. I think it, it, it goes without saying that Trump doesn't understand the constitution very well. Um, <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah, exactly. And, and look, I've been proven wrong before in, in the sense that, you know, well, Trump, Trump, uh, did he say he wants to people? execute flag burners or just lock them up? Well, whatever. No, he, he, okay. So what he, what he equated was take away their citizenship. Um, exactly. Oh, they God. should either be, you should either take away the citizenship or throw them in jail for a year, a year in jail year. or, uh, or, you know, a revocation of the citizenship. Jesus. Now the revocation of citizenship is completely unconstitutional. You cannot do that. Yeah. But it's also funny to me that he equates those two things. <laughs> he finds those two to be, uh, you know, roughly on par as far as the, the punishment. Those are roughly equal. Um, uh, but, a, but what I mean is that what I was trying to say is that, um, Trump wants to enact many different policies that you know we've kind of talked about before um he can get people on his side and he can appoint people to do some of those things um and i think this is one of the ones that uh, that fortunately we might be safe on i i i do fear the shutting down of some press outlets and some media outlets i do um but i i think as far as the first amendment is concerned with the supreme court I think that we're going to be safe with that, but well, I, I do don't you know. Think, I okay, I understand that you think that we'll be safe as far as the media is concerned, and I agree. But I do think that it's not in the bag. I think that we no, need to, it's not. We need to support them, and totally. honestly, I would say if you want, you know, put give some money to the Washington Post. You know, subscribe. That, yeah, it's like what a couple bucks a month. You know, maybe not Washington Post, your local newspaper, whatever it is. I think that's a good idea to whatever investigative journalism you deem. You know, give some money to it, I think, is a good good way of going about it. How do we define investigative journalism, though? I think everybody, you know, people will still say Breitbart, you know, might be investigative journalism. I hope what not. Do you say, what do you but... say to somebody who says that? I mean, they have press, they have White House press credentials. Sure. I know, and I, I kind of wanted to address this earlier because there are totally people who just they watch Fox They do more Fox investigation News than and, Fox, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I would say 
if you really want to know what's investigative, see if you can check the sources kind of thing or or, or Google the topic. Alex see. Jones has sources coming out of his ass, man. Not only that, Breitbart will publish his facts. Sources, Publi- not just some kid on Twitter. Breitbart know. does no. publish facts. Yeah. It's just that they they sensationalize it in such a There's way a lot of opinions that it's very in. dangerous. So how yeah. is sure. that different than the previous Washington Post we were talking about? It's the quote in good faith that I was talking about. You know, you you sort of you publish in good faith. You you inform in good faith. Um, as and, far as as Breitbart and Alex Jones are concerned, they are in good faith. They just disagree with what your good faith is. They think right, you know, and they don't have they don't have any right to tell me what 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 is in good faith. Do you see what I mean? So they might define it differently. But what, if I'm what I'm what if if what I'm looking for is the facts, what I don't require is your opinion behind something. And that's you know what, what I mean? I'm, but that's what I'm saying. That that opinion exists on both sides of the aisle. That opinion is thrown in on a New York Times article. That opinion is thrown in on a Washington Post article. It's just a different opinion that's thrown in on a Breitbart. I would, n- I would definitely not say it's just different. It is it is, um, it is less uh, – uh, uh, god damn it, I had the phrase because it's not it, – it, it's it's less opinionated, I guess. I'm not I'm not suggesting that Breitbart is. Oh God damn it! I had it. Um, I mean, since Fox it News, it is not different. It is not just different opinions. I, I, it's it's a very important distinction to be made there. Um, what you, what I was saying is in good faith, right? In mm-hmm. good faith, as far as informing of the facts, um, there there are not, and it's not a quantitative opinion either. Um, God damn it! It is the framing of the opinion. That's the key. It's the framing of the opinion. It's a. It's a more of a question of of the objectivity of something of what something is, um, rather than the potential outcomes of what of what these facts mean. That's the difference. That's so the biggest difference I could make. Does this get into basically the the South Park of? Uh you know, if you do, if you say it cynically, you're. Uh, uh... No, it does not go into that. It does not go into that. If if you want to go down the line of me talking about something being cynical as sense of in a sense of fitting a narrative, sure, yeah, then it would be that. But that doesn't mean that the Washington Post is thus nihilistic in that sense. No, that's not what I was implying. At I know all. that's just, why I was trying to just the the idea that they are. Uh, both approaching news from their own opinionated perspective. And I think that that's wrong. I think that that's wrong. And I've heard, I've had this conversation with so many people in a sense, right? Yes, it is impossible for you to completely remove yourself from bias, mm-hmm. right? Now, but the but the 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 closer you get to removing your biases away from publishing something, the the more uh, the the easier it will be for the reader to dis- for the reader to discern truth from fiction because it's written in such a way that you are removed from it. And I think most journalists, most good investigative journalists, are simply after what the truth is, and they're interested in reporting the truth, and they are able to remove themselves. Listen to listen to the most recent or not the second most recent NPR politics podcast, right? And there's such an important um, conversation uh, regarding exactly that: being a Muslim on the campaign trail with Trump, being being a black man in the South trying to report on Trump rallies, right? That it's it went into the heart of that. And most journalists try to remove themselves from the story. And that's that and once you start trending more closer toward Breitbart, when the opinions start to become stacked and more more um more I don't want to say speculative either, they become more god damn it. Um <sighs> apparent, I guess. Apparent. Um the opinions of the Washington Post publications or editor not editorials the articles um 
are, are much less apparent than in a Breitbart article. That's the main difference. They're still both they're both publishing facts. So you're but just being, saying objectivity versus subjectivity. Y- close to that, yeah. It's I'm I'll, I'll, sure more or less. Yeah. Trying, I'm sorry. If I, I, no, d- no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's okay. It might be a slight oversimplification, but sure, close enough for a colloquial sense. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I I see both elements of your arguments. Um, I tend to side with you, Mr. O'Brien, but I think it's the it to me it's the argument of, of false equivalency. It's like saying, yeah, this is an opinion on this side, this is opinion on this side, that they're equal, right? Yeah. Well, no, it's not really. You have to dig deeper, and I think that's the key: is you really have to really check your sources, check your citations, make sure everything is really in good faith, as you say. And uh, I think that's important. Well, yeah, and that kind of gets into these. Um proposed solutions that people are, are coming towards. Um, you know, there's the concept of, you know, either a governmental controlled or a citizenry controlled rating system for these different services. But then there's also the concept of, um, you know, being able to edit your intake more. So the idea that, you know, Facebook would allow you to uh, only see news from certain sources. It's and, kind of already like that, isn't it? Um, it? It is more and more so like that, but it is, uh, y- you could broaden this to basically your entire internet experience so that Google wouldn't show you anything from Fox People news. do that. That, is, like that to, is how it's done. Yeah, people people block out the Kardashians or whatever, you know what I mean? No, no I think Google Google as yeah. works as an algorithm where it tailors exactly what you're yeah. searching. It shows you based it, on your previous experience. Yeah, it is certainly trying to do that more and more. Yeah. But yeah. is that not exacerbating the problem? Well, that's, it I is. think that this is, is the business aspect of news. It's exactly this point is, is it is you, the personalization. You're of, personal, personalizing yeah. this narrative. So, oh, you see, it's predictable. You get what you get. It's like going back to McDonald's every day. You know, you do it because it's predictable. You know what you're getting and it's it's pleasing. And but that, for that reason, you get more clicks, you get more money, you get more advertisement dollars and they keep doing it because it feeds into their business model. 100%. How do you, I don't understand how to fight that. It seems well, you, like take, a, you you take again. The, you 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 start to you find a way to remove the business. You put your money in Washington Post versus I don't know. Is that no, how? well, no. I mean, what we're talking about here is that that Google specifies. Google will will work an algorithm where it spec, where it shows you the um you know what you're most likely to click on first. It shows you a lot of the things. It that knows you just, your bias and caters to it essentially. Thank you. It caters to your bias. Yeah, but that and that's that's based on money. Can you turn right? it off? I don't know. That's you, a good question. When, I don't think so. Well, yeah, you can do um, like uh, incognito searches or un, you know, log out and do searches, and then you're based on the algorithm for like the world or the country or the region you're in. But if you're actually logged into Google, it definitely tries to cater to your previous. I mean, you could also use another search engine. I know that sounds insane, but (laughs) I don't know what Bing or fucking. Well, and what there? Is there, I don't even know. Yahoo and Alta too, Vista. Yeah. Well, and they're all trying to do that because that's that's you know that's how they make that's money. What, that's how they, exactly. You know, so it's Go- not Google is not the the biggest com- company in the world for for no reason. You know they they are essentially an advertising company, sure. and it is their business to figure out what's in your head and how to you know serve you the things that you want to see. Because the more things you you see that you want to see, the more things you're going to click, should, and the more shit you're going to buy. Should Facebook operate the same way? 
Well, and to me, that's that's kind of the problem. That's the the problem with the promise of Facebook and Twitter versus what they actually deliver. And I have a bigger problem when we talk about Twitter doing this than I do with Facebook, because to me, Facebook is a much more curated experience. It's a much more intercircular experience, sure. whereas Twitter is a a more uh, sort of worldly experience. It is you know the connection with people that you don't necessarily know on a handshake. Right. Basis. It is the you know the people that you know from TV and the people that you know that are in the world. Well, you could do that on Facebook too. You know, you can like. Yeah, but Twitter's more synonymous with right, that right. practice. Yeah, they, uh, bo- there's crossover like to both. I, I get that. That's yeah. what they were. I'm just saying, is there there are changes that could happen very easily that can turn turn it on its head and make Facebook more than, than oh, they, Twitter. They they they're both doing the same thing. They're both crossing over to each other's territory, and the line is getting much much more sure. uh, ambiguous there. Um, you know, when those two entities first started, those were fairly clear divisions in their their game plan. Right. Facebook but, was the party, and Twitter was the. I don't know. The info stream, the fire yeah. hose, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So the the big problem I have with Twitter there being a censor is that Twitter established themselves as the sort of um, the place for free speech. They established themselves as that town square that anyone could get up on a soapbox and deliver whatever information they wanted to. And if I, as a user, want to filter that experience, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with giving the user specific specific controls to do that. I can subscribe to the people I want to. I can block the people I want to. I'm fine with that. But once you start saying that, you know, when I just want to open up the Twitter feed and I do a hashtag search for Trump, that you're only going to give me the pro-Trump stuff and not the anti-Trump stuff or vice versa, then I have a huge problem with that. And that no longer becomes an aggregation site. That becomes someone that is uh, driving the conversation, essentially. And that is the the Uh difference between, I don't know about driving the conversation. They can be they can steering be steering the conversation. Certainly. No monitoring. It's that's different. No, if you're if but you're defi- feeding up specific cycle. articles that loop, isn't yeah, it? if you're feeding me specific things that are tailoring towards. Oh, you meant back to the feeding, feeding and tailoring to exactly. each individual person. Right, right. So and they well, retweeted. No, I, and I they don't think that, that. Well, no. So if, no, if I'm choosing, that's different than you feeding. So if Twitter right. is feeding me articles, if I just am, am ambiguous and search for hashtag Trump and Twitter only gives me the anti-Trump stuff and holds back all of that pro-Trump stuff, not because they think that that's what I want, just because they think that that's what's going on, then that is. So again, it's not, there are, there, it's not just anti-Trump or, tro- or, or pro-Trump. There is truth and not truth. That. Right. That's but, the thing. It's so so a truthful Well, is Twitter article, the arbiter of truth? But yeah, exactly. They can be if they decide to be, if they want to try. You're, it's well, exactly what you guys were talking about. How do we get some, and I'm know, saying and that Twitter that, has the power to do that. But that's what I'm saying. That's where I have a problem because that's a different thing than they set Who out to be. Who gives a fuck? If they want to change, they can change. We talked about this already. If they, right. if Like, what? why do you have such a problem with them? Do, do you not agree that we need an entity to help us decide what it, decide the difference between fact and fiction? I don't know that we need an entity to come down and, and make those decisions for us, but as a country, we should definitely be thinking about this a little bit more. Okay. Well, since we can be thinking about this more, do you think it might be beneficial for Twitter or for an entity to to take it upon themselves to essentially be the rotten tomatoes of truth, like we were talking about? Yeah, certainly. The problem I have okay. with Twitter is that Twitter has established itself as a very important part of free expression on the internet. And for them to all of a sudden 
sudden turn without there already being something taking that place is certainly their uh, prerogative as a business, but I feel that that is a detrimental loss to the internet as a whole. Perhaps. And I this, don't think this it's might... all of a sudden, though. They, they've gradually kind of done it. Don't you think so? They've kind of gradually become more and more fil- filtering. Yeah. And that's I mean, when the, when the hell well, angels enter the party, kind of, and it's might not start... false advertising. Then I don't think Twitter's saying. I'm, I'm not saying it's false advertising. I'm just saying it's it's not what it was set out to be. Well, I, is is that your biggest problem, or does it have more to do with the fact that then oh, where right. is the bastion of free speech? Exactly. Okay, yeah. that's what I, that's what I was, and I can understand that, and and I don't have a problem with that that claim. Um, it, and we, God, yeah, I mean, they just sold themselves as the bastion of free speech. They got everyone there, and sure. now they you know lock the doors. What do you think I, is more? Go ahead. Yeah. No, there is another, I think, website that all the alt writers have went to. I forgot the name of it, um, but th- they—that is the new supposed. Well, I guess. What do you thing. think is more healthy to a society to have a place where where truth can be kind of um, shared, or where just you can say anything you want? If we can't say anything we want, we can't find the truth. I didn't say. I didn't. Okay. There has to be a place for both, can't there? The, yeah, the truth. No, that well, perhaps, maybe not. It's it's a question of it's a question of how to maybe best. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, there is a, well, there is a place for both. That's the internet. It's a question of if you know th- there can absolutely be a place like you were talking about. That is Twitter. That is just you can go on it, say whatever the fuck you want, at, at, with no you know regard whatsoever but for the repercussions. The and truth itself is such an intangible. It's not an intangible. You you we can we can strive to find out what are what is and I actually was going to do an entire what is true episode but and we still can um i and and certainly it it is hard to discover but it is far from intangible it is far from intangible um not on all things i mean it is it, there are there, there's just so much that when we say we are going to you know give a seal of approval to that which is true that just becomes such a fucking threshold to hit that there's almost no such thing as news anymore no that's just it's again it, it's not a pro- like if twitter just simply wants to weed out the things that are untrue demonstrably untrue that's different from saying i only need something that is 100% verifiable in the sense that you know like scientifically uh like like scientific study scientifically studied backed up papers that you know take months to kind of well, provide their research change. right it's you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. isn't there, there's a difference there right you you can weed out fiction but and you don't still you see have what that a, does, a reasonable expectation of no it's not a slippery slope there well, not, well think about what you just said though scientific consensus and i'm trying i can't believe i'm making this argument <laughs> but scientific consensus on climate change right that's pretty much consensus. Yes. That's like saying that anything that is against that or denying climate change should be removed from no, Twitter. No, it's not. How is not? Really? No, it's not. It, it, so not? if if a if what is the assertion here that if somebody comes out and says that climate change is not happening. That's scientifically false, according to you. That's not truth. Well, no, it's just not scientific consensus, right? So we have 97% of scientists claim that that essentially, that's actually more than that, I think. But what is the, I guess my question is, what is the paper that you're talking about somebody going on to publish on Twitter? What, what is what is it saying? Just a, a, a hypothetical scientific paper that says climate change is not being caused by humans? Sure. Without any references whatsoever? Sure. There are, There are those. Well, or, or even if it's just an opinion, whatever. Someone, some, some scientist pretends to be saying that there's no man-made climate change on Twitter. Should okay, they, should do they have be, sources should, to back this up? Does it, should that if it's Twitter, it's 144 characters. Should that be? Should they be removed? Uh, we're talking about two slightly separate things here. If 
Twitter is just going if because Twitter is not just 140 characters. Twitter well, is now could, sh- the sharing of. But that's no. what I'm saying. That's okay. What I'm so about. They, they link to a study that says that is that study false? Are there, were there were there sure? Then yes. Then there was nothing wrong with it. Then if it's it has a lie, to be removed from Twitter. Why not? It fits a lie. If that's what Twitter deems that I have they, trouble that, with that. Yeah, that's the thing. Who says this is false? What are they basing that on? Who Who is the arbiter that gets to make Twitter, the decision? Twitter. They can have their own fucking company and they can decide whatever is is reason, has a reasonable expectation and, and meets whatever requirements. That It's exactly what we were just fucking talking about. How do you decide fact from fiction? Okay, well, here's an entity that's saying we're going to try to do it. I'm not saying Twitter doesn't have the right to do it. They do. I know they. I don't only think. I'm they have the I, don't right. like I think it. it's a good thing that they can do it. I think it's a fool's errand. I don't think so at all. I think it's exactly what we're talking about. I think it's a helpful thing. It's a healthy thing for our society. If you want to have a site where you can just say anything you want, fine. We you can go ahead and create that. We've talked about this already. Twitter no longer apparently wants to do that. Fine. They're not. They don't. Have if to. that ends up being the case, I think that they're trying to. You know, it obviously is not necessarily in their good, good best interest to yeah. simply silence everyone, but it might be in their best interest to to provide a civil dis, a civil place for discourse, where just throwing the fucking n word out might not be uh, helpful to the conversation. Uh, yeah, I mean, as we've said, as a company, they can do what they want. As a um, an internet entity, I think that it will basically just be its own undoing um once you know i i, I, I hope not i i just don't think it will it, be it kind of is they are going to be tanking very well soon, no i i don't have a problem well, with them losing money, money. <laughs> i i don't have no, a problem really with them losing money but if they exist and this is providing the public good exactly what we've been talking about what is the problem like another fucking thing can come and step in where you can just fucking throw the n-word around all you want while this other place called twitter ironically ends up being the place where you can find fact from fiction and you can't. You have a reasonable expectation of of trying to publish something that is demonstrably untrue being stopped. I I certainly have no problem with any entity trying to make sense of the media the situation <laughs> as it is right now. Well, no, just media in general. You know, if yeah, we know. have a uh, you know someone that's going to call themselves the arbiter, arbiter and do all the you know background research. You know, essentially, we need peer review of media. We need to to kind of take that a little bit more scientifically. But the idea of this. Uh, 24-hour news cycle is antithetical to that. You know, we we have to kind of it has become entertainment more so than it has become news and it has totally. become revenue generation totally. more than it has become information for a society to to work. So is there is there any turning back at this point? Is the news media just too much of a capitalist enterprise? Is there any way to to put that toothpaste back in the tube? Or are we just stuck with what we have? And do, is it just better to to try and incentivize more truthiness? I think exactly like we just talked about. You know what I mean? It, 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 let's just take, for example, let's say Twitter does go through with this, right? And they really do start to censor out and they they really do start to decide, um, you know, that there is a, they, they are the editor. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, they are suddenly the world's editor, right? Like yeah. every newspaper has an editor. Twitter yeah. themselves wants to become the editor of all the news, okay. right? I don't think that would be such a bad thing. So once that happens, I think that could set an example for everybody else. And there might be other, you know, world editors who all of a sudden are, you know, it it now is no longer cool just to publish anything, you know, opinion. And suddenly science actually kind of becomes kind of cool. Um, (laughs) 
Dream well, on. The the problem with that gets into like the that, uh, the legal aspects of uh, monitoring things. So um, one of the the reasons that a lot of times people don't monitor comments on their websites is because as soon as you start editing things, as soon as you start saying that certain things are allowed on your website and certain things aren't, then you are actually legally responsible for what is on your website. So that means that you have to actually go through all of those comments with a fine sure. tooth comb. As soon as you delete one, then you are basically giving you know a voice to all of those others. Ah, you're like endorsing it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So from, from a legal standpoint, you can be held liable for things that are you know on your comment thread if you have you know shown that you sure. are continually monitoring just like a that. newspaper exactly sure. yeah. yes that's and why i see a lot of comment thread section just completely shut down exactly yeah that, that is the trend these days to yeah. just get rid of comments because it's it's just not worth the legal responsibility that's of it interesting. and so i mean to me that that is the the sort of um dissent uh, dissentification of whatever the fuck dissentivizing yeah the disincentive for twitter to to you know even take on any any of that responsibility, sure. Because as soon as they do, then they—they, they, like you said, they become the editor for the world. But isn't it more in the public interest? I mean, isn't it better? Like, can't you agree with? Like, do you not agree that that is a better thing for our society? Depends if Twitter is good at it. Well, let's presuppose they are. Okay, yeah. then yeah, it's good. I mean, it, well, it depends on who's in charge of Twitter and, you know. Mike who, Truth. <laughs> again, I don't. It's a roll of dice. We don't know. I'm I mean, not going to yeah. trust some guy named Mike Truth. He changed his name. He was fucking, <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> Can I, I so I want to do, I want to do some John Stewart Mill. Jesus Because I did it. I, hey, man, I read fucking parts of On Liberty for you. You were like, I want to do a free speech episode. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll, what, what was the free speech one? For the record, I never said free speech, but. I thought you did. No, you, you said turned first it amendment. into free speech. You're right. You know what? You're exactly right. I, I said amendment. either press or the first amendment. And you said, oh, goody, we're doing well, free speech. Well, what I want to know was what, what is the question, <laughs> which you didn't ask. So this episode can't end in an I don't know, man. I did. God damn it. I did ask the question. What was the question? The question was. That you can think of one right now. How important is the first amendment? Very. Politicians keep politicking Before you turn to excessive drinking Spend some time collectively Politinkering with the show Where I don't know man Cause the truth is I don't know man Sometimes we do about the first amendment I just <laughs> I, I don't, don't know man I don't know If the arguments of the present chapter are of any validity, there ought to exist the fullest liberty of professing and discussing, as a matter of ethical conviction, any doctrine, however immoral, it may be considered. If all mankind minus one were of opinion, and the only person were of the contrary opinion, mankind would be no more justified in silencing that one person than he, if he had the power, would be justified in silencing mankind. Finally, we have the harm principle, which is the limits of free speech that I was talking about. Which is the only person, the only purpose for which power can be rightfully exercised over any member of a civilized community against his will is to prevent harm to others. That's the limitation of free speech. That's where that's where it starts. 
Go to your fucking safe space. Ouch.